If you uh, ever wondered who is the lowest ranked on the ministry totem pole, it's the one who gets the uh, time change service on spring break weekend. <laughs> and you're looking at them. <laughs> it's good to be with you this morning. I'm Stephen uh, Walker. I'm the young adults uh, minister here. I heard a, a story uh, one time years ago um, about wh- where does the name of Yahweh come from? Have you ever thought about this before? And I don't know if this is true or not. It may not, it may not be. It uh, may very well be, um, but I think it could be helpful um, for our thoughts this morning. Um, there was this old rabbi. Again, I don't know who the guy's name was. Um, he said maybe the, the word Yahweh, when we talk about God, the Most High God, Yahweh comes from the breath that we breathe every day. So, so think about this for a second. When we breathe in, just naturally here, There's this natural Yahweh being said on our breaths. And, and for those of you that sounds crazy, that's fine. That's okay. But maybe this rabbi was trying to get the attention of his students to say, every breath that we breathe is not only from God, but it's for God. The, the breath that I breathe, the breath that you breathe every single day was from God and it's for the glory of God. And so just as we breathe in the, the, the breath of life that was breathed into us in Genesis 1, so that we breathe out and we continue on this journey of, of spreading God's word and spreading God um, into the nations. Um, and, and just as, you know, he breathed into Adam in Genesis 1, he breathed into the breath of life. Um, he continues to breathe life into us, right? Like he, he, he uses his word um, the scripture, the, the word that is everlasting. Um, he uses a son who came and died for us and rose for us. And he also uses a spirit that gives us life every single day. Um, and what a blessing it is to have that. And so this morning, I, I'd like for us to just spend some time uh, away from the chaos of, of the world. It's fitting that outside there's this rainstorm um, going on and we're just in this peaceful um, sanctuary. It's, it's fitting that we can just come here and just read scripture together. Um, something that is so important um, that, can, that can provide this life. Um, and specifically, we're going to look at Isaiah and what Isaiah said the Messiah would be. Um, it's no secret, it's a month away, uh, less than a month away for Easter. And so we're going to focus on who the Jews and who the Israelites thought the Messiah would be when he came. And I want you to focus on the different characteristics and the different qualities that Isaiah will talk about who the Messiah is. The other thing I want us to do, this is the uncomfortable part. I'd like for you, if you can, if you're willing, to turn off your cell phone. I'm going to do it right in front of you right now, and I'm going to leave it on the screen here, or sorry, up here on the uh, table here, and, and take away all the distraction um, that is causing you to be distant from God this morning. Take away all the distraction that, that, that can be handled later on in the day. You, you don't need to check Twitter right now. Uh, you, you don't need to be on your phone right now. What you need more than ever is Scripture. It's Jesus. It's the Spirit of God speaking to you this morning. That's what you need more than ever right now. So I want to encourage you to, to put that that, 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 that um, anything that is keeping you from being present here and just let God um, breathe life um, to you this morning. Another a way that we ingest life from God is communion, right? When we have this um, cup and cracker here, or what I would call styrofoam and grape juice, 
but but it's not about the actual styrofoam. It's about the representation of ingesting the body of Christ and drinking of his blood. He'll say this in John 6. Jesus will say this and it'll be very weird. And a lot of people leave him for saying this of whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood will have eternal life. But when we do that, when we take this, this communion time, this, this morning here and, and every week or how often that you take it, um, we, we ingest life into us through the death, burial, and resurrection. And so um, part of this is also to, when we ingest it, we send it out. When we, when we are breathed life and we are ingest life from Jesus, we, we go and share the good news, right? Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations. And so this morning, I want us to practice that. Um, we should just practice amongst ourselves. And so after I, I pray and I bless this time and I bless, bless this um, time this morning, I'd like for you to just, just glance over at your, at your neighbor, whoever you're sitting to, and just hand them and exchange, exchange the bread and cup together. And just, just say to them, if you wish, hey, this is the body and the blood of Christ, broken and spilled for you. A lot of us might feel uncomfortable by doing that. And it's not literal. We're not giving them, and you're not giving your neighbor literal blood and, and you know, uh, body. But you're, represent, you're representing the offering of saying, hey, this is for you. This body that was broken, this blood that was spilled, it, it's for you. And what a better message to share to the world this morning that Jesus is for them and he, and he broke his body and he spilled his blood for them and for you. And so if you're willing this morning, after I pray, again, just pass the cup to your neighbor um, figure it out amongst yourselves. Make sure everyone gets a cup and bread this morning. And just say, the body and blood of Christ, broken and spilled for you. Let's pray together. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who brings forth the bread from the earth and the fruit of the vine, who gives life everlasting, to all those who come to him. We thank you for this incredible gift. There's no greater gift. There's no better gift. Fathers, we ask that you be with us, that your spirit would dwell among us this morning, that we would find rest in you. Father, through your word this morning, I pray we will be awakened. I pray that you will reveal what you would have us do. Father, make us servants of you. I thank you, Jesus, for this time. It's your name that we pray. Amen. So we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 40, uh, looking at verses 1 through 11, and then moving to verses 25 uh, through 31. Comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling. In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, 
every mountain and hill made low. The rugged ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out. And I said, What shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass, and the grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of our Lord God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to, to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord God comes with power, and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies them. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Moving to verse 25. To whom will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Uh, I will be reading today from Isaiah 53. Get out. That'll work better. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised, and we did not care. Yet it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, 
and as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier, because he exposed himself to death. He was accounted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for the rebels. I'll be reading Isaiah, the 61st chapter. And a heading that is provided is the year of the Lord's favor. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow upon them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and your vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offsprings among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people of the Lord as blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed, arrayed me in robe of his righteousness, 
as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes the spout come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. I'm reading this morning from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came in as a witness to testify concerning that light. To that through him all so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that comes, that gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world and through the world, and though the world was made through him, the world would not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you. Ooh, I'm loud here. Thank you, uh, all those who read this morning. Let's get to your neighbor here this morning, and, and for one minute, I just want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them what you heard or what you saw or what you even felt that Jesus was trying to tell you about himself. So what, what, what characteristics of Jesus did you catch on to? Go spend a minute, uh, tell your neighbor next to you. All right. Hey, thank you for being here this morning. Uh, we're about to play an announcement video. But the conversations that you just had with one another, go and tell them to others. Tell them about what you've heard this morning. Tell them about who Jesus is to you and, and what he's done, not just for you, but for everyone who would come. Don't let this be the end of our worship this morning. Let this be the very beginning that spurns a week filled of telling people the good news of Jesus, that he's come to set the captives free, that he's come to give rest for the poor and the weary, that he's come to make everything level, everything right in the world. Go and tell that to someone. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your word. May it fill us. May it give us life. But may we recognize that the life comes from you. Father, we have seen the light of you. We have seen the glory of you through Jesus. Now stir our hearts to go and spread the good news that Jesus has overcome the darkness and has provided a way to life. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you do. It's your name that we pray. Amen. We'll watch the video and then we'll be dismissed. And classes will start in about 10 minutes after.